Okay, it's recording. We're just going to go for it. Let's go for it. Come on, girl. Okay. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Geek Remix podcast. Uh, this is our Games of the Year podcast for 2017. My name is Stacy, And I'm Mari. Can I do a quick update on what everything just, just happened? Yeah. So my computer's cooling system, I think, might be leaking, so we had to turn the computer off. <laughs> and now we're using my laptop, and also my rats cost me over $400 this week. For a checkup and some antibiotics, doesn't matter. <coughs> it was just like, oh, we're also gonna do blood tests, and I was like, okay. And then like they showed me the bill, and I was like, I hate you. <laughs> also, this is coming off of you having laryngitis and us like literally not being able to do a solid recording session for like four weeks. Yep. So yeah, um, if, if, I'm really not having a good month, and I just wanted to complain and let the world know. Yeah. Well, and I feel like, so I got a message from somebody who was like, are you guys, like, going to do, like, an actual Let's Play because you've just been doing these Flash games? I was like, did you not hear Mari's voice in the videos? Like, was it not, did we not state, like, ten different times that this is all we can do right now? They stuck a camera down my throat, and they were like, you cannot talk. Otherwise, you're going to have not vocal cords anymore. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with, like, voice recovery is that if you try to, like, get back into, like, recording and stuff too soon, you'll set yourself farther back than you ever would have been if you had just, like, not done anything. So. Yeah. Anyways, um, thank you very much for, you know, all of you for being so patient while we wait for Mari to recover from <laughs> fucking laryngitis. Um. Okay, I had the flu, which gave me bronchitis, which gave me laryngitis, to be fair. Yeah, well, and the whole thing kicked off because, remember, like, the last session that we were supposed to do before I left for the holidays, we actually couldn't get together because you were sick and contagious. Remember? Well, I didn't know if I was still contagious. I assumed it was a 24-hour flu because Stacy didn't want to come over for, I don't know why, I mean. Well, because you were like... It was a joke. Yeah. (laughs) It was a joke. Yeah. I had puked up so much, and then a few days later, I started coughing out up, like, chunks of blood. (laughs) You were like, everything's coming out of all of the holes. Do you want to come over? I was like, no. No, I don't. (laughs) I'll spray Lysol (laughs) on everything. No, Mari. No, I'm not. I'm not coming over. (laughs) So, so... finally back to normal sort of uh but the computer's having some issues so we're gonna record this today and then hopefully we can get the computer looked at and we'll be able to like record some actual videos what time are we going oh are you watching star wars tomorrow five oh then i have plenty of time to watch yeah Yeah. i thought we were doing we were starting at like one no no okay starting till five we're having a prequel marathon yep Um, so if we wanted to get into, so what I did is I put together a list of like the 2017, like major let's plays that we did. So, cause I know that people are always like asking for our thoughts on like the games of last year. So I thought what we could do is go through the major games that we played, which there's not too, too many and give like quick thoughts on each one. Ah, because it's hard. It's hard because we haven't played like, you know how some reviewers like Jim Sterling and shit. 
he can actually have a top ten because he's played all of them. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, what I what I thought we could do is like talk briefly about each one, and then we'll talk about like maybe like favorites and least favorites. Not necessarily mm-hmm. like top five or anything, but just like ones that stood out versus ones that you really didn't like. Mm-hmm. And then talk a little bit about the games that are coming out in 2018 that we're looking forward to. Okay. So, uh, and I also want to clarify that like games that we're looking forward to does not necessarily mean that like uh, we're going to play them because like whether we play them or not depends on a bunch of things, including like what else is coming out around that time. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, things that I'm like, oh, like, I'm interested to hear, like, more about that when it comes out, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so, first up is Resident Evil 7. That was the good one. That was just solid. I know that, like, they were putting some older mechanics into a newer game, so it kind of made the immersion feel a little strange, but I personally enjoyed it. A lot of people were begging for that old school mansion puzzle yeah. thing. Yeah. And uh, I think it re- they did a really good job of implementing an old old school or retro game. I don't want to say mechanic. I guess structure yeah. that I would say. And putting that into a more modern sensibility. Because the first person I think. with First person can feel confining. Yes. And I think they did a really good job of translating the confinement of the weird camera angles from the original Resident Evils Mm -hmm. and, like, some other games where they used to have, like, these confining, like, bad angles. But, like, making it a good thing for the first person thing where you're like, I have to look around. Kind of wish I could have experienced it in VR, but at the same time, I don't. (laughs) I want to, like... I want to appreciate the work that went into it, Yeah. And I want to not do it. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked it. I liked the, I liked kind of, like, the premise that they took with it, where it was, like, I mean, I know that, like, with every horror game, you always go into it, and you're giving the character a hard time, like, why are you doing that, you idiot? Just call the cops. Like, Still, why you- seriously, what kind of pussy did this woman have? Um, to like really just jump in there, but I I kind of worth I it. kind of liked how it was like oh like she goes home like her family it's this like creepy decrepit mansion there's like this old like bog house that you go through and like everything's all falling apart and for some reason it just felt like and like all of her family is like these creepy like zombie creatures I don't know that just felt it felt like it felt really different and like kind of fresh to me but not in a way that was, like, so out Well, it wasn't there her family. I... She was just... Yeah, it was. It wasn't her family. Not her blood family, but they raised her. No. Wait, which one are you talking Resident about? Resident Evil 7. Are you talking about the wife? I'm talking about her, the, the family that raised her that you are fighting against the whole game. Oh, no, she's not related to them. She doesn't even know them. Oh. Yeah, she just crashed there with... Uh, the thing, and the thing was like, okay, this is a family, you're part of it now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, but like, it, it But they're still, it, like, her quote-unquote family. Oh, are you talking about the the thing? I thought you were talking about the wife's family, but the thing's family? What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't want to give away what the thing is, so I'm just calling it the thing. Oh, right. I so mean, the thing was on a boat with the quote-unquote babysitter, which was the wife. Yeah. She was babysitting it. I know. So, like, 
Yeah, I guess I didn't mean, like, family as in, like, they birthed her. But she didn't even know them before they crash-landed. But I guess, like, the new family, I guess? Yeah. Okay. I thought you meant, like... I, I meant, like, they are a family. <laughs> I like how you're like, they're a family now. It's real. Like, well, no, but, they no, were but, forced together. It's real! No, 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 but they, they treat her... That I mean, like, that's the whole premise for them, like, treating her that way, is that they treat her as if she's, like part of their family yeah because of the because of the thing yeah and that's why they get so crazy so anyways anyways really good monster designs like cool boss fights yeah 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 like uh, boss fights where you at first you're just you're wait like, wait wait why, why is the he has a car and you know what the thing is is that like even i like when i contrast like resident evil 7 to like the evil within 2 I feel like Resident Evil 7 just felt like so much more of like a, I don't know, I don't want to say like natural story, but like I was like on board for it the whole time. Whereas within, with Evil Within 2, there was like constantly always the like, what? Like, are we serious? Like, is this really where we're going? You know? Well, here's the thing. Evil Within is made by, well, actually Resident Evil is made by a Japanese studio too. I think that like, you know that, uh, I don't know what it's what the aesthetic would be called, but there's this kind of Japanese feel that some games have where they ham it up a little. Well, I'm not saying Evil Within Two is like bad in any way. I'm just no, saying it's, they a, ham it's a it different up. kind of story. They ham you know it. I mean? Yeah. They ham it more. Well, Resident Evil Seven is kind of hammy, but it's in a more like grounded way. And then while Evil Within Two is much more. I guess B movie hammy, mm-hmm. where like yeah, that's kind of scary, but I feel like I'm drowning in ham. Yeah, and you know what? I wish that like I had gone into Evil Within two kind of expecting that more, because then I feel like I would have been like, you know, instead of it's like if you go into something expecting it to be like to have that element of goofiness. Are you talking about mental illnesses? Don't give you superpowers? No. <laughs> um, But if you go into it kind of expecting there to be, like, a little bit of a goofy element, then you can, like, kind of just, like, be along for the ride, as opposed to, like, if you expect it to be more serious or, like, scary, then you're kind of, like, the whole time you're like, this isn't scary, like, why? I kind of like going into games, because we didn't play Evil Within 1, I kind of like going into games and then being thrown for a loop. Mm -hmm. That's what I like. But I guess (coughs) sometimes that can backfire. Yeah. It depends. Um, next up was Horizon Zero Dawn, which we so there's like a there's a group of games here that we didn't get around to finishing. But um, oh, and these are also like the games that came out last year. Mm-hmm. So I didn't include like the let's plays that we did, like say La Noir, oh, that yeah. didn't come out last year. Yeah. So in case anyone's wondering why there are some that'll be missing from this list, but Horizon Zero Dawn. It was a good game. I just, for some reason, every time I watched it, played it, I was just, like, getting, like, a really bad headache. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I think it was because, for me, the whole open world thing lately has gotten really tired for me. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, collect all this shit. Now you have it. Make a bag. I'm like, can we just, like, cut that out? Yeah. And there's, and I... Well, and it also gets really taxing to record a Let's Play of an open world game because there's so many, like, most people 
I like I'm myself included. Like I don't really want to sit there and watch three episodes of somebody just like killing random monsters and collecting things in order to craft. Yeah. You know? Like, and I mean, what even even if like somebody is like, yeah, like I want to watch that. Like that's not really like fun for us to let's play. Mm-hmm. You know. And it just. We like, don't get to see each other very much, so then I feel... I, it's just kind of stressful. And I don't know, I think I'm just kind of a little burnt out on open-world games that aren't really... That's not fair to say, actually, about Horizon Zero Dawn, because all the side quests are really good. The side quests are really good. All the side quests, all the main quests are really good. I just... The whole, like... Just the empty emptiness mm-hmm. that sometimes can be in there... Even with, like, Fallout 4 and stuff, I just feel like it's not, it's, they put out, they have a really good game, and then they put a bunch of, like, Wonder Bread between it. Does that make sense? I feel like, at least, this is my opinion, you may not agree, but I feel like if I was playing Horizon Zero Dawn on my own, I would love it. That's probably a good point. But for a let's play, having so much like empty space between like the quests, it is kind. It's kind of stressful. It's like because you end up having a bunch of time that we have to fill because it's really hard for us to like because we've played games like this before. Like, do you remember Dragon Age Inquisition, where like in between our recording sessions, you would have to play for like six hours. To, like, mm-hmm. do side quests to, like, level up to get us to the next story point, collecting things. And I would like, actually, like, do quests up to a certain point and then, like, stop before, like, they started the cool stuff. And yeah. Like, here yeah. we are. Yeah. And that was, like, so that we could have, like, a more, like, pared down Let's Play that wasn't going to be, like, 200 episodes. That's what know? other people were doing. They were just doing it straight through. I'm like, nah. Yeah. So, and, you know, it gets, it's... It's tough to, like, invest that much into something. And especially, like, also because the time that we started playing that versus, like, when we were finally getting back into it, there was, like, literally, like, six months in between. So mm-hmm. I feel like kind of lost some of the momentum, too. Yeah. But honestly, as... It's a, legitimately a good game. As a game, like, if you were going to play it on your own, I would highly recommend it. If you like that kind of, like almost like a Tomb Raider style game where it's like it's Tomb Raider meets Assassin's Creed yes yeah but in like with robot dinosaurs yeah robot dinosaurs like it but like a post post apocalypse cavemen robots yeah so I really liked it and it's you know it's a shame that we didn't get to finish it but you know um next up is Little Nightmares do you remember Little Nightmares yeah that was a good one yeah I like I like how in games like that where nobody's talking, there's so much being said. Like mm-hmm. that and Inside. Yes. Did that come out this year? No, that was last year. But still. Not not last year, the 2016. Where, like, they don't even give you instructions on what to do, but, like, somehow they communicate what you need to be doing, and I'm not sure how they do it, but. Yeah, it's and it's also really interesting because, <coughs> like, that game, I feel like, was ripe with symbolism, even though there's, like, there's no lore that you're picking up. There's no things that you're reading. You're literally just, like, playing through, like, this, you know, puzzle game, kind of. It just, I don't know. I thought it was really cool that they included so much. That they were able to, like, say so much about, like, this world 
without community, like no written words, no spoken words or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one of those games you can sit down and just like play in silence, and you're just absorbing a lot without any words or anything. So it's it's cool. It's really. Mm-hmm intense atmosphere i really like the uh character designs of everything yeah it's kind of like they looked like they could be like characters from a claymation film but they're not yeah i liked the um the quote like the quote-unquote monsters like i just felt like the monsters themselves they weren't just designed to be horrifying. They also were, like, designed to, like, be very symbolic of different things. Yeah, and, like, you could think about it. One of the really cool things, and I know it's just, like, a little thing. It's probably not even that creative. But, like, I was watching one of the chefs. Those yeah. big, like, you know, overweight chefs. And they're kind of, like, really scary looking. And so they're doing their thing, and I'm, like, watching one of them so I know when to go. And, like, they take a piece of food, and instead of taking it to their mouth, they put it under their face, like, to, mm-hmm. like, some sort of, like, neck mouth or something. Uh, and I was like, what, what the hell? And it was just, like, so, I don't know. Usually, it doesn't seem, like, that scary that I explain it. But in the moment, it, I just, well, like, because it's just so weird and unexpected that you're like, what? So you're like, are these humans or not? Like, yeah. And the sounds that they would make. Oh. Yeah. But it was bad. It was scary. Mm-hmm. This kind of, like, reminds me of the first episode of Albino Lullaby, which, where's episode two? Yeah. That was, like, the things those things would say. Yeah. Come here. Come here, worm. Come here, worm. Do you want some chocolate? I want to touch the worm. And you're like, I need to leave. I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, next was What Remains of Edith Finch. That was a good one. That was, like, probably one of my favorite games that we played this year because... I, like, I've heard other people describe it this way. Like, that's a game that really demonstrates, like, what a, like, quote-unquote walking simulator can be. Yeah, I mean, if, what's that one game? Oh, Blackwood Crossing. If Blackwood Crossing actually, you know, worked, mm-hmm. it could have been cool, like, you had Finch, but it wasn't because you had to fucking, hey, what'd you say? Do you think that has to, okay, let me just listen to what you say one more time. It's fucking boring. Mm-hmm. But if you do it right, where everything flows together, and you're like, wait a second, mole man, haha, <laughs> that's not real. You had this guy underneath the house, and you never told anyone. Yeah. What? And I just really liked how <coughs> What Remains of Edith Finch, um, it blended the, like, it took me a little while, not, like, to, to, like, reconcile that it was, like, blending, like, the real with the fantastical, mm-hmm. you know? Because... At first, you're just kind of like, oh, it's this, like, weird house, and, like, these people are, like, kind of strange, and there's, like, weird stuff going on. But then, like, as you get farther into it, you're like, oh, no, this is, like, very, like, magical realism, you know. Mm-hmm. Not, all of this is just kind of, like, what is I guess like, it's just going has, on. I, th- I like that it was, like, you choose how you remember them, and you can... It seemed as if, like, a lot of the magical realism was because... Those are the way those people wanted to be remembered, mm-hmm. including the girl who was murdered, who was, like, wanted to be famous, and so her death gets to be famous kind of thing. Yeah. Like, do you want to believe that? And it's, yeah. like, in all those different deaths, like, they, I think they wanted their 
deaths to be remembered like that and that's what the grandmother was trying to do and then the mom was like um no everyone's dead hello yeah i mean there there are a couple that specifically come to mind where i disagree with that a little bit Mm -hmm. but for the most part yeah yeah it was pretty cool yeah like the the yeah so um next was night in the woods which was another i don't know i really liked that game it was really good and it was like they did things that were so specific to a certain feeling or whatever like when may and her friend go into the woods and start stabbing each other yeah like Okay, that's out of context. <laughs> it sounds weird, but, like, I guess, like, that's something, like, five-year-olds do, and I guess they just kept doing it where they're just, like, we're going to stab each other with knives. I think that what that game does a really great job of conveying, obviously, like, it sets out to kind of show, like, the, I don't know, like, malaise and, like, aimlessness that can come from feeling like you don't know what you're doing with your life and having people kind of be like okay like what are you doing with your life and you're like I don't know so I guess I'm just gonna like wander around and like make friends with rats and steal pretzels and stuff um but like the conversations that she has with her friends and I don't know it was just a really it was really good at communicating that feeling of like listlessness and like malaise you know and also at having, like, a supporting cast of characters that also felt like they were not, they didn't have opportunities and, like, that they weren't really going anywhere, you know? And But they wanted to. Like, they wanted to, but they, they just couldn't for whatever reason. Like, there were so many, like... But there were so many different versions of that, especially with the adult thing that happened mm-hmm. at the end, where you're like... So you don't want to let go either. So you're yeah. going to do this crazy thing that's mm-hmm. like, you're like, I don't think that's it. But if you want to keep doing that, I guess. Yeah. But like, it's just basically a whole town of stuck people. Yeah. People that are just stuck and unable to like move forward to like wherever they want to be. So, you know, it's next. What? Dream Daddy. <coughs> Great game. Great game. I love um, that one post. Somebody posted on Game Grumps being like, um, I like supported this game on Kickstarter thinking it was a joke, and now like it's actually a gay game, and what the hell, I want my money back. And you're like, ugh. You're fucking stupid. <laughs> well, it's like, how far did you think they were going to go in this joke? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, what, what, you gave them money, like, and it's, and the Kickstarter said, Dream Daddy, gay dad, gating, dating sim. Yeah. Like, if you took that as a joke. What do you think the game was going to be? Like, yeah. Do you think it was actually going to be, like, I don't know, like a COD shooter? No, well, I don't know. It was the stupid, I, like, read it, and you ever read something, and, like, you know, you're like, oh oh, that's stupid, or, like, oh, like, that's sexist or racist, and you're just kind of, like, but then you kind of, like, move on. Yeah. It wasn't that it was stupid and homophobic. It was just that it was so stupid I wanted them to die. <laughs> it wasn't It wasn't because I was offended. It was just because they were so fucking dumb. Like, you ever just, like, read something, and you're like, 
it's not even that you're sexist or anything. I just think you're a fucking moron. Yeah. And you don't deserve to be alive anymore. Like, wow. how dare you be alive and be so fucking stupid. That's, that's, yeah, that's a way to feel about it, I guess. It wasn't about, like, oh, I didn't know this game was gay. I was like, it's just so stupid. I well, just hope they're dead. Well, because they, they pretty clearly stated what it was going to be, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. I can't believe, but I think, I feel as if they tried to do a good job showing a diversity. Stop my chair. Okay, showing a diversity of <coughs> different types of gay people. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, obviously, like, I've, I've seen a, a couple... Uh, critiques of it where they talked about you know things that could have been better but in terms of like overall like positive representation I think it was really good and what I also liked was that you know it felt like it felt like they really tried to like represent a bunch of people that were different you know and like I liked that some like a bunch of them like they've got their kids and like how do the kids get along and it wasn't just like oh like we're gonna have like a date and then we're gonna have sex you know mm -hmm. it was like no this is like more complicated yeah there were some routes where you guaranteed got to be with somebody and other routes where you had to try a little harder and i liked that even though it was probably annoying to some people you know yeah like with robert where i'm like Oh, I just need to know what I'm doing from the moment I meet you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that it was like kind of like a variety of different characters. You know, obviously, like they they had trans representation, which was really cool. Um, you know, Damien was trans. Mhm. Mm yeah. Um, goth dad. Goth dad. Damien. You don't know my first name. <laughs> um. No, I was just making sure. And I knew who he was. And, like, I think everybody, I don't know if this is true or not, but Damien and Robert, like, in all of the fan art, they're, like, best friends. Mm-hmm. Because they're always running off doing goth things. Yeah. And then Joseph, prep dad, was a piece of shit. Yeah, I felt a little unclear about, like... I didn't know how to process that because I was like, maybe this is, like, a situation that happens a lot in the male gay community. And it's like, how am I supposed to, like, that's clearly shitty, but, like, maybe I'm, like, missing a layer mm. of understanding. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think what was, like, complex about his story in particular is that, obviously, neither of us is a gay man. Yeah. So we should not pretend to, like, fully understand, like, what it is like to be in a situation like his, you know? Um the most we can do is play through it and kind of, like, give our thoughts on the situation, but I would never, I would never want to try to pretend that, like, I know, like, that I fully know that experience because I haven't lived it. It seems like a shitty experience where he's done some really selfish things that hurt at least one person, which is Robert, and probably his wife, but at the same time, I'm not a gay man, I'm not an adult gay man in the gay man dating world, so I really, I... My two cents, he's an asshole, but I also can see there's probably something that I'm missing. Yeah. Well, and it's also, like, I think it's important to remember that, like, just because somebody is an asshole doesn't mean that they don't have their own pain and struggles, you know? Yeah. Like, 
there are yeah there are people who like go out to hurt other people like just for the sake of doing it and like out of selfishness but there's also times when like there's there's other layers to it and that doesn't necessarily absolve them from wrongdoing oh just to be clear if you're a young person or an old person or whatever person listening to this and going oh well i guess if somebody like treats me like shit i should try to be like understanding no 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 no. if they treat you like shit walk out the door but just know that it's not because of like they're evil or whatever yeah you know like you can understand why someone's a piece of shit but you don't need to deal with it. Like, that's not your problem. They need to fix themselves. Yeah, and I guess I offer it more as, like, I guess I just, like, I always try to think about, you know, if somebody is the type of person who has treated others badly and then, like, later on they decide that they want to, like, better themselves, like, that it's okay to, like, move on and, like, forgive yourself and, like, be better, Yeah, you know? Yeah, like, for sure. Like, you don't have to carry your pain with you forever. forever. Yeah. And, like, you know, we all do crappy things sometimes. And, you know, obviously you shouldn't be like, oh, like, I was a complete dick, but, like, I'm better now. And, like, blah, blah, so blah. Like, get over it, you know? Here's yeah, my, but, like, I'm completely over it and everybody else is fine. But, like, at the same time, you know, there is a point where you have to say, like, okay, I'm a better person now. You know? Yeah. And try I mean, not to beat yourself up over things that happened, like, years ago that you've ma- that you've since made reparations for or improved upon yourself. You know? Exactly, exactly. I totally agree. I just don't want... I just don't want to give the wrong impression because I see, like, a lot of, like, posts and stuff from, in different fandoms, all kinds of fandoms, well, where they're like, oh, well, I would totally, like, date Nathan. It's like... Okay, you can be, like, Nathan's friend and help him go to the recovery center or to meetings <laughs> or whatever, like, you know, narcotics anonymous meetings, you know, support him like that. But, like, don't think that, like, you owe him for you to take care of him because he's yeah. struggling. Like, don't feel like you're a bad person for not wanting to deal with that. If anything, you should put yourself first, especially when you're dealing with somebody who is like that, where, you know, you got to put a line down where, you know, you can help them, but if they're starting to hurt you when you're trying to help them, just, like, step back. Because yeah. it's just going to – you're not going to help them because they can't help themselves until they want to. Also, I mean, I think it's fair to say that, like, every situation is completely different. Mm-hmm. So, like, it would be very hard for us to give advice – that applies to every single situation, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, like, like we can give you all of these things to, like, consider, like, about self-forgiveness and, like, forgiving others and, like, taking care of yourself first and things like that. But, obviously, like, it changes from situation to situation. Um, I mean, I think the only, like, real, like, solid, like, universal piece of advice I could give is that, like, if you're in danger or if you feel like you're in danger, if a person is a danger to you, then get away from them. If somebody constantly tries to make you feel like shit or is, like, you know how, like, when you're in a shitty place and you're, like, you're just being negative all the time? Mm-hmm. Not, like, you, but, like, you oh, in no, the world. Oh, no, me, me. This is <laughs> me, me, specifically me. Specifically me. But, like, you know, I would, like, used to talk to my friend all the time and he was just, like, being an asshole 
all the time about everything I said. And I was like, listen, I don't want to be your friend anymore if you're just going to be a piece of shit to me all the time. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, he was like, you can't just blackmail me and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm not. I'm out. Like, Yeah, I'm just telling you that, like, this is where my, like, threshold is for your bullshit. And now we're friends again. And now they um, are a lot more, like, respectful respectful and stuff but this is like years and years later because they um worked on themselves and like yeah. if i had just kept enabling that person and being like okay you can like treat me like shit they wouldn't have learned yeah and sometimes it's that's where it's so tricky with like situational thing because it's like sometimes it's like you want to like stand by a person and help them and other times it's like that person is not going to improve unless they take time to themselves you know that's why sometimes like if people are like married and one person's having a hard time like they will spend time apart so that one person can like work on themselves without like hurting other people and then when they're better like they might, you know? Yeah, and, you know, if someone's treating like you shit, like, all the time, and you're just letting them do it because you feel sorry that they're... Feeling bad. Feeling bad. Like, all you're doing is enabling this cycle where they're making themselves feel better by hurting you, and that's how they're coping with their sadness, and that is only hurting both of you. Yeah. So, don't put up with people's, like, shit just because they're depressed. Like, And also, if you're depressed... Try your best not to lash out. But at the same time, I understand you're depressed and you're probably thinking, I'm probably doing it right now. I probably shouldn't talk to anyone. This is why it's so hard to give universal advice. I know, because I know one depressed person's like, I guess I should just never talk to anyone, just in case. (laughs) They're like, no, not you. (laughs) Um, Just be nice to people. That's it. Well, um, speaking of games that spawned a lot of mental health discussion, Life is Strange Before the Storm. Um, I got... So, I skimmed a little of the GT Live, uh, whatever, of their thing. They, because somebody was like, oh, they defended Elliot and, and Frank. And I was like, nobody would do that. And I was like, oh, my God, you guys are idiots. <laughs> Wait, who did this? Game Theory. Oh. Matt Pat. And I was why, like, like, why are you even bringing this up, man? Because it reflects, like, an attitude that's really popular in the fandom where they're like, Elliot's not so bad, or you're like, what's wrong with Frank? And I was like, Frank sells rape jokes, and he's a fucking pedophile, and Elliot is going to fucking murder you. Like, do you guys not get this? Yeah. I think, you know... <sighs> do you guys, like, not understand that what this is? My, my one comment on Frank, I guess, is that... So, one of the, like, common themes I noticed in the chat whenever, like, we would stream and, like, scenes with Frank would come up was that, like, people seem to have this, have conflated the ideas of, like, legality with morality, where, like, because something is legal, that means it's perfectly okay, because there would be people that were arguing, like, well, like, the age of consent in, like, whatever country is 15, so it's fine. And I'd be like, well... But that's the problem is that, like, just because something is legal, like, just because the age of consent is, like, 17 and someone's 17 and another person's 34, like, yes, that person's not going to get arrested and go to jail. But it's not, like, 
that like the law is like the absolute bare minimum so that you don't go to jail like that doesn't always mean that what you're doing is right you know yeah i don't like taking advantage of shit like people are like oh well you take nudes on your tumblr and i'm like i take nudes from adults who are over 22 or 23 thank you like first of all and like i always delete them and i just say thanks like yeah. Because most of the nudes I get are just people being like, this is the first time I felt beautiful. And I'm like, oh, it's yeah. rarely sexual. But anyway, I think, like, imagine, I've said this before, but imagine, like, okay, so Frank, he's in his 30s. And everyone's like, how do you know? I was like, look at his fucking face. Well, I don't know that I want to get into, like, a whole discussion about this again, just because we've talked about it so much. But Just every time you defend Frank, I want you to imagine me. My name's Mari. I'm 28. And I'm dating a sophomore in high school. Yes. A sophomore in high school who is one of my fans. Would you not projectile vomit everywhere? Actually, if we're using Frank as an example, use me as an example. I'm 32. Imagine me dating a sophomore in high school. That's gross. My name's Stacy, and I'm 32, and I'm dating a fan of Geek Remix who's 15 years old and a sophomore in high school. This is this is an example. I'm not actually doing this. Sometimes she comes and sleeps in my RV with me. That's so they, fucking creepy. As I sell rape drugs to her friends. Yeah. And, you know, to all the people that were like, you know, some people were like, oh, but like, if it's just the age difference, it's not just the age difference. It's the age difference when the person on the young end is so young. Like, some, like a 50-year-old could date like a 30-year-old. That's a 20-year age difference. But it's fine because they're both adults. They've, they've both fully done it. They're, they, they're, like, fully adults at that point, like, fully in charge of their own decisions. They can do whatever, you know? Um, it's just, like, when you're talking about people that are, like, younger than 20, that's where things get, like, kind of difficult because that's... You're not independent. You, you don't have the life experiences to learn from and that's like the biggest thing and people are like oh well i'm 18 and i'm totally mature enough and it's like it's not about you the people are always putting it on the on the girls on the young person yeah like you know that like the majority of teen pregnancies where they like blame like girls these days like blah blah they're all getting pregnant the majority of teen pregnancies the father is over 20 yeah so it's really shouldn't be the responsibility of the adult to be mature enough to say no. Yeah, regardless of the gender of the adult, it is the adult's responsibility to not hit on a child. Yeah, it's not about the child being mature enough for the adult. It's for the adult to be mature enough to say no to the child. Yeah. So, anyways. I've never but, seen a pair of titties or a dick or whatever where I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't resist! But I couldn't, well, what am I supposed to do, just say no? To, to those tits? And I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand that. Like, and we're both, like, huge sluts, okay? Yeah, And we huge just whore. say no. Yeah, like, I'd just be like, nah. Yeah. No, eh. Like, what kind of life are you living where you can't resist? There's no pair of tits that are going to be good enough to make me question whether I should do it. I'm just, no matter what, I hear 15, uh-uh. Also, like, I mean, anybody who is, like, I feel like any, like, if you're, if you're older and, like, in your 30s, like, when I, when I look at somebody who's, like, in high school, like, no matter how mature they look, like, they look like they're in high school. It's, 
it's it's weird but even it's if, weird even if they somehow had the look and body of a 26 year old as soon as they said they were like 16 i'd You're be like, like ah it's not even like like a taboo it's just like oh i don't I don't want to do that. That's no. weird because you're a child and, like, your brain is a child's brain. Yeah, and I feel like it, I don't want it to sound like we're, like, insulting the ability of teenagers to make their own decisions because, like... Your frontal lobe is not fully developed. I'm calling you out. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just, like, when you compare that to somebody who's, you know, in their, like, late 20s, 30s, and beyond... Like there's, it, just, listen, there's just a huge difference in, like... I know some of you out there, 15-year-olds, being like, you just don't get it. Like, you didn't do it when you... Like, okay, we did, Stacy and I yeah. both do that. And guess what? It was horrible. Yeah, and like, guess what? It's awful. Okay. And don't be like, okay, well, Brad's different. Brad is not different. <laughs> because he's 23 and he's trying to date you, and that's fucking weird. Yeah. Okay? That's, like... And it's always, like, why don't you just... I don't know, like... Because they're losers, Stacy. They're losers who can't get a girl from their own age, and so they want to get a 15-year-old who won't question any of the shit they do because they don't have the experience with people to know when to stop dealing with bullshit. That's the thing. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway. Let's let's move on to, like, actual thoughts about the game because I feel like all we talked about <laughs> was Frank. Well, it just and, fucking and pisses me rules. off. Well, people are like, well, Rachel no, 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 knew what no, no, she was no, no, doing, no. and I just want to fucking punch them in their stupid balls. Fucking victim-blaming pieces of shit. Can we talk about the actual game? <laughs> okay, sorry. Um. Okay, so I really liked that, like, even though this was obviously, like, from the, from the outset going to be a sad story, that they managed to make the character of Rachel so, like, so real and, like, vibrant and, like, I actually cared about her as a character. Um, like, I've mentioned this before, but, like, when they first announced that it was going to be a prequel, I was like, ugh. Because I was like, I don't want to, like, see the story of Rachel. It's just going to be sad, blah, blah, blah. And, like, it is sad, but it's also, like, incredibly adorable seeing her and Chloe, like, have all these, like, moments together it's also nice to be able to get to know her as more than a victim yeah and it's like you get to see the impact that her life had on people but now you get to actually get to know her because i thought i think you know people just wanted to have a villain to be worried about which people decided it was rachel i get it you know she's kind of a handful but i think the point of it was just to get to know her and realize who this person was and what like a huge disruption it is to have ended her life like the point in my opinion was to understand the mourning yeah. of her death because you just basically knew her as a rumor or a ghost or a dead body and then you knew her as a person and you realize who she was like yeah you know, I didn't even really view Rachel as, like, that much of a handful. Maybe it's because I was, like, an absolute terror when I was a teenager. Well, okay. So, one thing that somebody told me happened is that you get Rachel banned from the play. Yeah. And you talk shit to Victoria and that doesn't work. Rachel will take Victoria's meds and drug her. Oh. And so then I was like, okay, that's... That is shitty. That's really... That's beyond the pale. Rachel, yeah. I'm still really concerned about the fact that Victoria 
passed out on the ground and everyone just ignored it. And I understand Victoria's a huge bee, but she's kind of a queen bee. And I just was like, oh my God, <laughs> was yeah. nobody going to help this poor girl? She's going to asphyxiate on her own vomit. Pick that was, see, that was one of those moments where like it, it suspended my like, uh, belief. Yeah. So it was like, you know how like, I feel like sometimes in games, um, there are like serious moments where everyone's taking everything very seriously and therefore the player is reacting to things as if they were happening to a real person. And that was a moment where like when we played it and she collapsed, like I didn't really think of her as like, this is a real situation that I'm in, what would I do? Because in a real situation, I'd be very concerned. But it was a, it's, a, it's a game, uh-huh. therefore I don't really care. Oh. And, it, and it's played off for laughs, kind of like in a movie, like if a character like hurts themselves and you laugh. I guess the difference is that I actually care about Victoria Chase. But do you know what I mean? Like it's like in in like physical comedy when somebody like hurts themselves and like everyone's like, oh my god, that's so funny. It's like no, it's not really that funny. It's like, like a tonal shift for me personally because in Life is Strange, I feel like it's more. I mean, like people die and. Well, look at this poor pathetic dog. He had to fall. He had to lay down on this small towel. Being weird today. She's weird every day. What is he not yeah. weird? But I think that like the seriousness of the game, and then suddenly being like, "Ha ha, Victoria Chase just passed out from a drug overdose." Like, I couldn't, I couldn't change ch- shift my mindset. I guess, yeah. and I was just so distracted by that that I couldn't really think about what else was going on in the scene even when they were both on stage i kept thinking like oh this is really amazing but then i kept thinking about like victoria in the back like is she dying is this going to be like one of those things where it's like oh you stupid assholes like you thought it was funny didn't you they're dead like (laughs) or like victoria had to go to the hospital she's got vomit in her lungs yeah i don't know i didn't really it didn't read to me like a like like real life thing you know? Yeah, I guess it's just, I don't know. The setting of Life is Strange is, it's not for drugging. Especially considering the themes of the sec- of the first season. Yeah, seriously. Uh, next was Tacoma. Which, I really like, see, Tacoma is one of those games that, like, while I was playing it, I was kind of, like, ambivalent. But I really liked it once we got to the end. Because I like how how it ended, you know, and that kind of like redeemed like the a bit of the gameplay for me. I'm literally unable to remember anything about Tacoma right now. Tacoma is the game where you're the person you go on the space station. Oh, for some reason I kept thinking about Soma. Nope, Tacoma. Yeah. Okay. Now that I remember, I did enjoy the way that the story. unfolded through different versions of the same scene and it didn't feel annoying like it did in Blackwood Crossing because you could fast forward it just felt like they put a lot of thought into that system of being able to watch yeah because you can be like oh I see that but then you look at it from a different angle through someone else's point of view and you're like whoa that's very different yeah I mean I appreciated what they were doing I just feel like 
there was always that feel like so I'm a person who like I like to complete all the things <coughs> like see all the stuff or at least feel like that's what I like or try your best and like feel like I'm doing that and in that game I always mm-hmm. felt like I was missing something and that was like like it it bothered me <clears throat> you know like that there were whole sections of it that you could like completely miss and never even know that you did so cuz like after we finished somebody was talking about how like there was like some other things that we should have seen that like would have answered some of the questions that like I had raised at the end so that was kind of a bummer but I did think it was kind of neat it's a cool story so uh, next is the evil within 2 do you know that like if you have a mental illness you have superpowers inside of robot machines uh you can control virtual reality worlds yes and the only way to beat a psychopath is to have somebody who's just even more that yeah that's the only way so that game um here's the thing the story was kind of like what even is going on apparently it's supposed to be like a five game story arc so we're just on yeah that's what i that's what i had heard too um but i kind of liked the settings and some of the monsters like because i like that kind of like body horror yeah so like even though like the monsters were like weird and creepy like i actually really liked that i i liked the camp once I got used to it, I liked it. I, I, uh, I'm so mad that we missed the part where, like, the two of them, like, look directly at the camera and make a pun about I, the game. I thought that, um, I thought that too, but then I, I think it's supposed to be a hard one to get. Oh, okay. Because, like, I was, I watched it, you know, like, somebody sent it to me. They were like, hey, have you seen this? And I was like, oh, like, that was, that's so funny. Like, I love stuff like that. I think they just were going for camp, and I don't think this story is ever going to be too serious. I th- it's I it's the same level of writing as Bayonetta, where you're like, that doesn't that's stupid, but let's keep going. But let's keep going <laughs> because what I'm seeing here is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, and I think <coughs> you know if you like if you like horror games, like it's definitely uh it's definitely a cool one to check out. I liked that it was like technically open world but like small like small world so that you could explore at like kind of little chunks yeah and like there definitely was a like a kind of storyline that you're following with like some small side diversions if you Mm -hmm. wanted to take them but it never felt like okay i'm lost like what am i supposed to be doing to get to the next objective well, the thing about horror games is you can never let them be too long. You can't have a 60-hour horror game. It's just too much. Yeah. Ten hours is usually the best amount of time for a horror game. Mm-hmm. Depending. Uh, and then, do you remember we played Hidden Agenda with Pushing Up Roses? Oh, so stupid, but awesome. I kind of liked, like, the, the... There aren't a whole lot of, like, really good, like, couch co-op, like, party games that... I don't know. Other than the Jack in the Box games. Yeah. But, like, I felt like this was kind of an interesting take on that. Um, I wonder what would happen, though, if you had, like, an even number of people. But 
Canned volume, everyone would die. Um, secret agenda, drink beer. Hidden agenda. Secret. Oh, the secret agenda. Or hidden, whatever. Yeah, so you have like a hidden agenda where you're supposed to like actively work against the other players. Uh, no, but like it never really, I, I felt like it wasn't as polished as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Could have like had something else. It, it was missing something, but I'm not sure what it was. Yeah, it was also, it was. I mean, it's pretty short. It's like two to three hours. It like at least it felt really short when we played it. Like I think it's there are things that you there are decisions you can make that actually make it longer. But ours ended up being what like two hours, I think. So, um, but you know, and it's pretty expensive. I think what was it like twenty bucks? Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, if you're looking for kind of like an Until Dawn style game that you can play like with a couple people like at a party, it's kind of fun. Um, but otherwise, like, you know, uh, Blackwood Crossing, which we kind of talked about a little bit already, but that was... It could have been good. It had some good moments. Yeah. But the game mechanic of walking back and forth between people, I wanted to fucking die. And especially when that last one where, like, the people were all spread out and you can't, like, run. It's supposed to be this, like, huge emotional impact, but you're just annoyed the whole time. Yeah. I think, like, and... And I get it. We're idiots. You don't understand games, but, like, I still didn't like it. Yeah. I, I don't know. And I just... The, the like, repetitiveness of, like... Because you have to listen to all the dialogues at least once, you know? And then you have to listen to it again to, like, make sure you, like, tag her. It's just, yeah, it felt kind of repetitive. Although I did really like what they were trying to do with the story. So. Um, Simulacra. You remember that one? Yeah, that was a good one. The phone game. I always, I, like, it was basically just a longer version of their... Sarah is missing? Yeah. But I liked it. I liked the message of the demon, even though I was kind of, like... Sometimes when I when you do the showdown with the demon and they're not giving you sometimes I just get like kind of just annoyed at like demon deals, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or just maybe if it's just like the serial killer and they're doing their monologue and you just like don't get it. And, and you're like, This is kind of a dumb monologue. You're like, That's kind of stupid. Like I thought you were cool, but now whatever, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like in that moment in the horror movie where they finally show you the monster and you're like, oh, you know, like that's not, that's not as scary as I thought it was going to be. You know, like if, if it was just like, you know, you're meeting a cannibal and they're like, I just love eating people. And you're like, I can get down with that. Or, and but if you like meet the cannibal and they're like, it's an expression of society. And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> <sighs> like... <laughs> The one thing that I did really like about Simulacra is that, and, like, that I like kind of playing those, like, phone and, like, instant messenger style games is that, like, man, that's some good fodder for just, like, ripping on. Well, you can play it on your phone, so I can imagine, like, I remember I played Sarah's Missing on my phone, and at the same time, it was the time it was in the game. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, looking at the time, and I was like, oh, it's 9.30. But, like, it was actually 9.30, and, like, the timestamp was fake on my screen because I was playing it on my phone. Yeah. 
So I was just like a little messed up there. I was like, wait. Yeah. But if you play it on your phone, that more intimate setting can be pretty scary. Mm-hmm. I just like that we got to make fun of all the people, like, in, like, the dating apps and everything. And, like, you kind of have to, like, suspend your disbelief of, like, okay, if this actually happened, like, would I actually try to, like, solve this myself? Or would I just turn the fucking phone into the cops? You know? Yeah, that's why I was hoping that, like, we were the demon. Because then that would make sense. Just fucking with more people. Yeah. Or just having her body off screen or something. Um, and then there was Unforgiving. Do you remember that one? That's that game that's with all the, the European fantasy characters. Oh, yeah. It was, like, about it, the cycle of addiction. Yeah. I guess the demon guy was her addiction. Oh. That's what I assumed because he goes, you're going to do it all over again. Do it. Hit your brother. Hurt your brother. It's like a cycle. Interesting. I had not interpreted it that way, but that makes a lot of sense. Where she like does it and she gets back and hangs out with her brother and it's like you're just gonna do it all over again. Mm-hmm. Over and over. I liked that one. There were like some kinda annoying moments in it, but overall I thought it was kind of interesting. Thought it I appreciate it for what it is. There were also there were some scary moments in it too. Like, yeah. Bug Lady? Yeah. And, um, yeah, but, I mean, it was it was kind of... And, like, I know, the scariest moment was... Do you remember, like, when you're down in the place and there's those little things? The babies? Yeah. And then, like, you turn around and they're all behind you. Yeah. And you're just like, <gasps> like, ah! <laughs> that was really scary. <laughs> you, like, hear the noises and you're like, don't, don't turn around. I just ran don't the whole way down... Because I was like, if I turn around and they're there, like... Yeah. Uh, then there was the Old City Leviathan. I liked it. I liked That what... did come out this year, though. Oh, it didn't? Mm-mm. Oh, well, then we don't have to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, came out, like, two years ago. Oh, okay. Let's see. Okay, so, best and worst. So. I don't... I don't want to do that because I'm just going to get yelled at for whatever I say. <laughs> okay. But um, you can. I mean, or if you just, like, what are the top ones that you would recommend? Like, I don't see how anyone... It's not like you have to pick one best, but I, I guess just, like, if I was going to recommend people to check out games... Oh, we didn't talk about Mass Effect Andromeda. And I don't I... want to talk about it. It's too upsetting for me. I know people wanted your thoughts on that, though. It's a piece of shit. So. Okay, well, I'm going to say it, and you can't hold me back. The female Salarian would not be a secretary to a male Salarian. I understand we're in a new galaxy, but honestly, that's just not how that even works on a biological level because only like 10% of the eggs are allowed to become female. And they're just seen as a higher, like why? Oh, hi, I'm a female Salarian. My dream is to become a, a fucking secretary. That's why I went on this arc so that I could change my fucking, like, fate. As a world leader to become a secretary to this male Salarian. And nothing made sense. And all of the codex, like, I was just, every other second, I was seeing, like, them breaking stop, the rules stop, of, stop of, of Mass Effect. Just breaking them. Like, none of this made any sense. Like, I, everywhere I looked, I was like, that's not canonically correct. At all. Not even close. I don't care for a new galaxy. That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Culturally. 
Like, what? And then every single Asari had the same face, which was pissing me off. Mm-hmm. They all had the exact same face. Did you notice that? Mm-mm. In all the other Mass Effects, they actually, like, scanned at different people's faces. In Mass Effect Andromeda, every single Asari had the same goddamn face. And why did What's-Her-Face have eyebrows? What was her name? I don't know. The female... I'm not the female, obviously, but the Asari that was a part of our crew. She, the doctor? No, the, the zany Phoebe? one. Phoebe? Phoebe. She had eyebrows, and people were like, well, some people say that she has human ancestry. And I was like, that wouldn't give you eyebrows at all. Do you yeah. even read the codex? So, <laughs> basically, as some of you may know, Mari has played a lot of Mass Effect. I've memorized the codex. And so, in areas where there were... Uh, inconsistencies, which there were a lot in Mass Effect Andromeda, it severely impacted or completely negated Mari's ability to enjoy Mass Effect Andromeda. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I tried. Couldn't do it. Also, they were like, you know how Bioware, their A-team and B-team will try and like have diversity just because, you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't know who, like somebody came in and they're like, we gotta put a trans person in. Okay. But we gotta make sure they know that they're trans. How are we gonna know? Just have them tell you their dead name right away. Immediately. Okay, okay. You don't have to shout. Well, that's why I put my hands over my face. But then they're not gonna be able to hear you very well. Let me know if you can hear this. <laughs> um, yeah. There were, you know, Mass Effect Andromeda, it's like, there were a lot of just like really... Even, like, besides all of, like, the, the nitty-gritty things that you pointed out, I think that there were also some, like, bigger problems that made it hard to recommend as a game, you know? Well, facial animations were a problem, but that's never... Animations no, 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 for no, no, me no. have I never meant, been an issue, but the... I meant more, like, you know, some people found, like, all of, like, the crew characters to not be very compelling, which is a huge issue in a game that is, like, built around you supposedly having these, like, close connections with your crew, you know? Relatively, the crew was not as well-written as, I would say, the Dragon Age and Mass Effect characters. I wouldn't, if, like, in a vacuum, I think they could carry themselves, but relative to the other Bioware works, I don't think so. Here's the thing. If Mass Effect Andromeda was the first... Of, of the Mass Effect games, I don't think there would have been as much pushback against it uh, because, like, part of most of the problems that I feel like stemmed from Mass Effect Andromeda were its comparisons to the original trilogy. Yeah. Like, inconsistencies with the original trilogy, like, writing that wasn't as strong, characters that weren't as interesting, whatever it was, like, it suffered hugely from the fact that people were, of course, going to compare it to the original game. Like, if they were if they were smart, they would have... Re- and, like, honestly, like, I feel like the idea, like, the, the underarching story of Mass Effect Andromeda, like, hey, we're going to take these arcs to a new galaxy, blah, blah, blah. Like, I really like that as, like, a story idea because you take them completely out of the universe. Like, I think that that's really cool. But, like... What they should have realized is that if you have this new branch coming off of this other series, it doesn't have to be like 
like the mediocre cousin because people are going to rip it apart. It has to be better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when you have a game that is a sequel in like in any spiritual or a spiritual successor in any way to like another series that is like clearly very beloved and that people are very passionate about, like you have to make it that much better. It can't just be, you know. I also felt like the premises for um fighting weren't compelling. Yeah, yeah. I felt not compelled like I well, felt that like was a, that was a huge problem like from the very outset because the 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 moment you land on a planet they like drop you right in like you're in the middle of a Mass Effect game and you're just supposed to like have this reason to fight everybody. They were trying to emulate the beginning of of Mass Effect 1, but the beginning of Mass Effect 1 you get shot by the Geth which have established themselves to be a species that is aggressive and that people have already tried to talk yes. to. As opposed to, this is first contact. Yeah. Like, we're the new, in a new galaxy that no one's ever met before. I just feel like my immersion was taken out on multiple occasions due to things that the original Mass Effect trilogy would have covered in order to let you understand what was going on. Yeah, and I mean, another huge problem that I remember you having was with the Universal Translator. Yeah, because I was like, okay, but can they, couldn't they have just put in, like, ten lines of dialogue where they were yeah, like... Yeah, right? Where they were like, oh, okay, let, let's, like, try and, like, use our AI computer to come up with an update for our translators. Yeah. And we'll try and give them something similar. But instead, we just land on the planet and you are like, yo, what's up? And you're like, wait... What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I... It's one of those things where it's like, I think that the reason that it... You know, I wasn't as frustrated with that, like, in the moment while we were playing it, but I think the real shame with, like, instances like that is that that's such an easy fix. And that's You know, a, like, that's such an easy thing to address. That's like a couple lines of di- throwaway dialogue to just be like, oh, hey, like... We're going to, like, read this thing, and then we're going to put it into the computer, and now we have a universal translator. Boop. Done. And then those type, those types of little bits of, like, effort were put into the original trilogy and the original trilogy's lore. And that's why, like, people liked it so much, because it had these rules and, um, and structures that like you could be creative inside of because it makes a whole world and mm-hmm. i understand that rules can sometimes be boring but at the same time when you're making a universe in order for you to feel like it's substantial you need to have limits like i remember when the final mass effect book came out like someone other than the person who created the universe wrote it, mm-hmm. and they were like, and then he landed on the Batarian womb world at a Batarian auction house and slit open a Krogan spinal cord and he died. That's the beginning. A, the Batarian home world is close to anyone who's not a Batarian. B, there wouldn't be a Krogan there. And C, Krogans have a redundant nervous system, so even if he did slice into his spine, it wouldn't matter. The Krogan wouldn't die. Yeah. The crow just look at you like, <laughs> idiot, like, yeah, and then yeah. kill you. And also, he had two broken legs. At the Canonically inconsistent. You, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so tell me more about how having, 
having a mental health disorder doesn't give you superpowers? It doesn't. It just makes you memorize extremely specific things. Mm-hmm. We are, of course, talking about Mari's OCD. Well. And incredible ability to memorize information about... Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, so, now that we've covered all the games that we've played... Uh, we don't necessarily have to do, like, best, worst, but, like, if you were going to, like... Most disappointing would be Mass Effect Andromeda. I feel like you were set up to just have that be disappointing, though. All they had to do was just put some effort in. But, like, you were expecting to be disappointed. Oh, yeah, then then I could have been easily surprised, like, when we were playing Dragon Age Inquisition. Yeah. Where I was, like, really expecting to be disappointed, and I was like, I was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah. I'll take it back. But if there was a game that, which one would you recommend? Um, I think. Did you want to see the list? Let's see. I would recommend Resident Evil 7, Little Nightmares, What Remains of Edith Finch, Night in the Woods, Dream Daddy, Before the Storm, Tacoma, Simulacra, and... Probably um, Horizon Zero Dawn if you're playing on your own, like, not yeah. doing a Let's Play. I feel like I pretty much concur with that list. Like, some of the games we played, like, we did enjoy them, but I don't think they would be worth paying money for. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, like, there's a ton of shorter and older games that we played that I didn't include on this list. Um, if I were going to put together, like, a short list of games that I'd recommend... Um, probably Resident Evil 7 if you like horror games. Horizon Zero Dawn if you want to just kind of get like lost in a beautiful world. Like it is a very beautiful game. Um, so, and I don't know. I just like I really liked I really liked it, but I feel like it's a better like play on your own experience or play like when you have a lot of time to just kind of get lost in it. Um, Little Nightmares or What Remains of Edith Finch if you're kind of looking for that, like, shorter experience that's still really cool. Uh, Night in the Woods is... And Dream Daddy are both really good. Life is Strange Before the Storm, of course. Night in the Woods, you should be warned, is really depressing. So What? Night in the Woods is really depressing. Yeah, there were definitely some parts in that that made me feel really sad. And I don't know that they were intended to be quite as sad as they made us feel. I think that it was, the reason that it was so sad, though, was because we felt it was so relatable, you know? Yeah. Like, from a mental health <coughs> aspect. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, so I wrote down a list of some of the games that are coming out next year. So... I'm just going to run through the list, and you should probably recognize these, um, but then if there are any that you want to talk about more, you're welcome to do that. So, they're, they're coming out with a Devil May Cry HD set, Nino Kuni 2. Fuck yeah! Yep. Holy shit. I only wanted to do a Let's Play of Nino Kuni, but they're always, like, really long. Yeah. <clears throat> um... Far Cry 5 is coming out next year. That's one of those ones that I don't think we're going to necessarily play it, but I'm really interested to see. Like, I'd be interested to watch somebody else play it because uh, the story setting is very is very interesting to me. You, you know what that's about, right? Have you heard about that? 
What's the story setting? Oh, it's, it's, it's caveman set- time? No, no, that's some other Far Cry. That's Far Cry Primal. Far Cry 5 is set in America. It's like this cult leader. Oh, yeah. That sounds kind of cool. Right? It sounds neat. Yeah, and then a bunch of like Nazis were like, hey, stop it. We're sensitive. Yeah, so... I don't know. There's just like there's been a lot of buzz about it, and I'm very interested to see what it's like. So I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on that one. Um, God of War or Dad of War, which is more like Daddy of War. Daddy of War. Yeah. Dream Daddy Daddy of War. Daddy, this are we gonna fuck people in order to get health orbs? He so and that's like. I don't know if we would actually play that, but, like, I'm interested to, again, to see, like, what that looks like. The reason I rented God of War 1 when I was 15 was because of the sixth minigame, and it aroused me so much. (laughs) I was like, this is the apex of pornography. Oh, my God. Even though it was like, come over here, Kratos. What system was that on? PS2. Oh, my God. Come over here, Kratos. Like... And then, like, the camera would pan away, and then, you know, you do a quick time, and you make them come, and then you get a bunch of red health orbs. Not health orbs, experience orbs. So if you just fucked them real good, you got a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is it. This is sex. That sounds like the most, like, 15-year-old like, thing to do. Yeah. Instead of just, like, going on the internet and, like, looking at some actual porn. No, because it's sexier because it's part of the video game. Why do you think, like, do you not, it's part of the video game, so it's, like, it shouldn't be so bad. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be there. <laughs> um, I think Red Dead 2 is coming out this year. Uh, Vampire, which is the new game from Don't Nod. Yeah, what's that going to be about? I would assume vampires. <gasps> what? Yeah. I didn't hear about well, that. Well, it's, what is it? It's during, like, the, so it's during some war in, like, maybe the 1800s or something. Oh, uh, it's just, I get, I bet you everyone's gonna fucking die. I'm pretty sure it was, like, you have to decide okay, on, so like, surviving and shit. It's set in London during the Victorian era. Yeah, but, like, you have to decide, like, if you, you want to eat people or not. Yeah, well, you decide who to kill or if you will kill anybody at all. So and then we starve and then we turn into a monster and eat everybody. Well, so I'm wondering if, like, maybe they gave you some choices where it's like, hey, this person's, like, an asshole. Or, like, this person is trying to kill that other person. Like, do you kill them to save that other person? Ooh, maybe you can, like, like r- role play as a communist and just, like, eat the rich. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Just um, eat the bourgeoisie. I heard that The Wolf Among Us 2 is coming out this year, which I, I don't think is something that we would play, but again, I'm interested to watch, because that's like the only... I'm just really tired of the Telltale formula. That I So am I, but like the, the actual like Fable comics that are like behind that game are really good, and I liked the story... I liked the story in the original Wolf Among Us 2 more than any other Telltale game that we played by far. So, um... I didn't... I've never played Wolf Among Us. It's good. You had Superfin play two different versions for you, and then you watched them. Yeah. <laughs> he, well, he Excuse played, me, can you play it again for he, me, personally? He played the... He, so he played through, like... <coughs> and then he did kind of, like, the asshole version. Like, what would you do if you were just being a complete dick the whole time? Which was really good. Um... Ori and the Will of the Wisps is coming out this year. 
Detroit Become uh, Human. Oh, I'm so ready. I'm so fucking ready for that game. Either way, if it's good or bad, it, people will love it. That's what I've been saying this whole time. Everyone's like, well, don't, do you think it like might be like good? I'm like, I don't care if it's good. If it's bad, that's awesome. To be fair, though, I did try to watch Beyond Two Souls, and like every time the one of those creepy moments would start, I just like turn it off because <laughs> it was like it was like what what he is good at is emulating creeps looking at women. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's I don't know what it says that he's so bad at everything else, but really good at making scenes very realistic about female sexual harassment. <laughs> Or, you know, sexual assault, where you're like, why is this so real? Why but is everything this else so scary? So, why is everything else so bad, but this so real? Yeah. Why are you so good at this, David Cage? I don't know what your deal is. Yeah, and I mean, obviously people have already raised concerns because um, there is a scene where you play through, like, an abusive situation and you're essentially trying to, like pick the right outcome so that, like, you don't end up in, a, in an abusive situation. Which, like, some people were like, yeah, but, like, by making abuse, like, part of the, like, choices, it makes it seem as if, like... It's your fault. Your fault, like, as if, like, there's a right way to go. But, you know what? I think how that could be... So, it obviously... Okay. This I is, think... I don't know how he's going to try to execute it, but I also feel like... Maybe there is no right solution. Maybe you end up in the abusive situation no matter what. And I feel like that would be an adept commentary on the fact that there is the illusion of choice. The thing you with David I mean? Cage is I do want to give him credit for what he said and that he says, like, sexual assault and sexual harassment is a real thing that happens to women, and that's why I put it in there. Yeah. I, I give him credit for that. I also say he does a really bad job in saying, <laughs> like, one woman gets raped, like, three times in one day. That's crazy. But I give him credit for the fact that he has female friends, and they told him that. And so he was like, oh, okay, so in order to well, show an experience, I want to show this, even though he does a really bad job and completely misunderstands it. I just want to say that I validate that he Yeah, because, that. I've, you know... I think it's fair to, like, to validate that and to also say, like, you know, at the very least it gets people talking about, like, what is the right and wrong way to, like, to communicate this, you yeah. know? Yeah, so I just, I both appreciate what he tried to do, but also criticize him for doing a really bad job at it. Yeah, and I mean, it's okay, I feel like sometimes people think that, like, if you criticize, then that means that, like, oh, they shouldn't have done it, but it's like... It's also fair to criticize things that you really like, you know? And on one level, I do kind of respect David Cage for having these visions. And he has had a positive impact on story-driven stories. Ga yeah. story games in the industry. I give him credit for that. And I give him credit for, like, sticking to his shitty visions, you know? Like, no matter how crazy they are, he does yeah. stick to them. And I give him credit, even though it sucks. <laughs> I... And, I mean, I obviously haven't played Beyond Two Souls more recently, but, like, when we played Heavy Rain and Indigo Prophecy, like, those were an absolute blast. 
Like, those... Because he's trying so hard and it's still so bad. But, like, it was... I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I, like, I like playing shitty games and I like watching shitty movies with friends, you know? Because yeah. it's, like, it's fun to me. And so it's not like I don't want those things to be made. Like, when I criticize those things, I'm not saying it's that they just, shouldn't It's just I love tried. hurting people for my own pleasure. Yeah. So That's what's the problem? Yes, exactly. I love to hurt people emotionally for my own pleasure. What? <laughs> Um, some other stuff that's coming out this year, uh, Last of Us 2. That's gonna be good. That's gonna be very interesting. Uh, Death Stranding, which... It's, I don't believe that shit. You don't believe it's coming out this year? No, fuck, no, it's not. We haven't seen anything other than weird baby trailers, okay? I don't believe it's gonna be delayed until 2020 at least. Probably. They haven't shown shit this whole time. Well, that's like, you know, how many years ago <coughs> was it that they first started showing uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake trailers? They were like, coming soon. And and now what? Where the fuck is where, it? Where is it? Where, Square Enix, don't tell me you don't have enough money or staff, okay? I know. <laughs> don't fucking tell me. They're Final Fantasy thirteen eighty two. Like, fuck off. Mm-hmm. Um, Beyond Good and Evil 2. I'm uh, hesitant about that. See, I never played the first one, but I thought I would just mention it in case you had thoughts. I think you'd like. I think if you, if I like, gave you an old Xbox and let you play it, you'd be like Xbox, Xbox. Yeah, you'd be like, oh yeah, this is cool. Yeah, um, I don't know if you've heard of this, but A Way Out, which is from the developers who made A Tale of Two Brothers. And it's another one of those games, but like we yeah, but act- they also made Blackwood Crossing, so it's like uh, well, we would. So what it is is it's these two. I I don't know if they're brothers or just friends, or just, just people, two brothers. But they're trying to escape from prison, and so like we would both be playing as a separate person on two separate sides of the screen, and like we have different things happening at different points in time, and like what we're doing affects each other. But we can't. But, like, the so characters say, don't know about each other. So, say, like, one person's, like, tunneling through the wall and the other person is, like, in a room on the other side of the wall. Like, we might be hearing the same scene but from different points of view. Mm-hmm. So, it looks like it could be really cool. It might be kind of, I don't know if it would be kind of fun for us to play it together. I know you got really frustrated when we tried to play A Tale of Two Brothers together. and I But we were playing on the same controller. Yeah, but I, I think you were pissed at me because I wasn't taking it very seriously. I don't remember. Every time that we've had me play one of the games, and I always end up goofing off, and then you get mad at me because I'm not taking it seriously. I don't remember, but I'm sure you're right. Yeah, because I would be, like, running around in circles, and you'd be like, no, Stacey, go over, Stacey, no, go over here. Stacey, just stop Well, every time I give you the controls, you start killing things. Yeah. Oh, remember the pocket universe? And you step, you try to squish the last survivor? Yeah. Okay, exactly. Remember when you killed the magical ballerina? Yeah. Okay. Okay, don't act like I need, oh, Mari, why don't you just let me do it? It's like, because every time I do, you kill a magical, beautiful thing. Hey, I am chaotic neutral. No, because I know that you would kill a unicorn if you could. (laughs) You would. Um, And then the last one I had on this list was... Uh, possibly Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which... You drink unicorn blood. I know you would. It tastes good. Yeah. Um, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider is, like, what they've hinted at for the title. They've also said that the 
there's going to be a much shorter time between like when they do the first trailer and when the game actually releases. So, like, basically they were like, yeah, we're not going to make you wait like two years between a trailer and the release date. So, I'm excited for that. I, I want to talk about how Death Stranding, nobody knows what it is. Nobody knows what it is that's even working on it. Like, all of the people that are working on that, and whenever anyone talks to them, they're like, yeah, I don't know what it's about. I don't know anything that's happening. And they're like, oh, well, like, let's dissect the trailers. Like, those trailers are going to have nothing to do with the game. Yeah. Nothing. But, dude, have you seen all the absolute, like, adorable, like, friendship pictures of Hideo Kojima and Mads Mikkelsen? Well, everyone just keeps talking about how, like, they're all, like, fucking each other and stuff. They are so cute. They're obviously in love. They are so cute. Well, no, Mads and Del Toro, like all three of them, and what's his name? Norman Reedus. They all like get together and they fuck each other. Yeah. And make out. It's true. <laughs> sure. No, it's true. Mm-hmm. It's a fact. Like, have you seen their chemistry, their body chemistry when they're together? There's clear chemistry there. Norman Reedus said. Hideo Kojima showed me a way of life that I had never known existed. <laughs> he said it. He said it. No, I believe it. I believe he it. Said, he showed me things that I never knew existed. And I was like, obviously, this is what people call love. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, it's real. So, did you have any other thoughts before we wrap things up? Because I think we're running at about an hour and a half now. No, just Death Stranding. <laughs> What if, what if it's going to be, like, we they open it up and it ends up being, like, a cute, like, girl game? I don't know. And everyone's like, what up? <laughs> um, so today's podcast, of course, is sponsored by Loot Crate. Um, if you want to save 10% on a new subscription, you can go to trylootcrate.com slash d3mix and use the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. That's, like... They have, like, these, like, basically, like, little nerdy subscription boxes where you can get... And they have, like, a ton of different types. I didn't realize, like, they have... If you want one just for, like, a specific fandom, you can get, like, a Harry Potter box every month. Like, you don't have to do the ones where it's, like, all sorts of different stuff. And if you are like me and you want to literally just get a t-shirt every month instead of, like, a whole box of stuff, you can get one of those, too. So I actually have, like, a subscription to just get the t-shirt. Look. I have a Rick and Morty shirt. Oh, is she wearing... Does it glow in the dark? I don't know. I haven't... It doesn't glow in the dark, but I was thinking... I think it does. I don't think it... I turned off the lights, but I think it might be black light, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Probably black light, because why would else would it be green? So, um... Wait, I have a question. Are you done with the promo? Uh, Let me just toss them the link one more time. So, yeah, if you wanted to check out any of those, you can go to trylootcrate.com slash d3mix and enter the code bridge ten. B-R-I-D-G-E-10. Go I ahead. Have, I have one final question oh, for yeah. our viewers. What if, when Death Stranding came out, it was only on disc, you couldn't download it, you had to put it into the PS4? No, you can't do that. Or whatever. It's haunted. <laughs> Your PS4 will be haunted. And you, you load it up, and everybody, like... I don't know what he does. Something where everybody in the world has to sign an NDA before they play it. <laughs> so you cannot like and like and no, like you have to link all your social media to the thing. No, no, no. no. And, and then you after you're done linking, it says, "No, if you do this, we're gonna delete all of your social media." And then no, you, you start don't have the to game. Link it. it knows. It it just knows. It and just then knows. when you load it up, 
And like they were like Death Stranding, press whatever to start. New, new game loads up. Elsa Pregnant Day Spa. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just Elsa Pregnant Day Spa, different outfits, rub shit Pity on her. Pajamas actually behind <laughs> Elsa Gate. Yeah. That's, oh my god. That's What's like, Elsa Gate? <laughs> Elsa Gate? We've talked about this before. It's all those creepy kids games. Yeah. That they put out. It's yeah. Elsa Gate. That's been his art thing this whole time. Yeah. So no, that's actually, that's his marketing push to get people primed for Death Stranding. Is putting out all those creepy kids videos on YouTube. But in order for him to have this like secret thing going on, everybody's like, if you try to post about it on social media, it just gets deleted. No, if you just even talk about it, it deletes your brain. Yeah. It's like some black mirror shit. Yeah. So basically everyone's like, What the fuck is this like about? Like what but so it's only for the first week. Oh my god. And then everyone's like, What the fuck is this about? Like and then like how come nobody who reviewed it is like tweeting about it or like Opening reviews and all the reviews are just like I can't tell you. It's just it's, people you post just gotta screenshots play. and they turn up dead. Yeah, like but the screenshots are just Disappear. black. Yeah, the, no, screen, no, the, the screenshot is just black and then the person dies. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's just black and then everyone just needs and then like you, as soon as you find out and you're like, is this really it? And you like try to call your friend, you fucking die. Yeah, and you're like, is it really pregnant Elsa date? So, yeah, <laughs> it's cursed. You're like, hello, hello. And it's then, like. He's put, that's why it's taking so long and nobody knows what it is because he's like cursing all of his employees to not be able to remember after they leave work. Mm-hmm. And he's cur- he's individually cursing each disc. That's why it has to be hard copies. Well, they have to be like individually cursed. Like somebody has to, you know, they like put them on a production line and just like, you are now cursed. You are now cursed. They just yeah, they a hired, little bit of like. They, shy, they hired a Shinto priest. Who also dabbles in Japanese shamanism, and they just put a grudge curse on each one, mm-hmm. and that's why you can't digitally download it. It has to be a hard disk copy, of course, because it, you can't download a curse. What are you fucking stupid? Well, you and you also have to have like the physical disk to sprinkle a little bit of Norman Reedus's blood on it. Yeah, well, they had to dilute a lot because because so, Norman Reedus is actually dead, so he's the grudge coast that'll come after well, you. Well, they're going to ceremonially kill him right before release, yeah. so that they can spray all, all the discs this with his blood. They gotta water it down with plasma because obviously there's not enough blood in his body <laughs> to cover all of them. Obviously, duh, <laughs> you idiot. So they're gonna ceremonially kill him, mm-hmm. and then put his blood on all the discs, and that is how. It, like, I just love the fact, like, if someone tries to take a picture of the screen or takes a screenshot, it's just black. It's just black. But really what it is is Elsa Day Spa. <laughs> Elsa I, Pregnant Day Spa. So, like, Elsa, or should it be, like, Elsa Pregnant Brain Surgery? Or Elsa Pregnant... Just all Elsa Pregnant, just and all, then... Elsa Pregnant everything. Yeah, just, like, one level after the next, and you're like, after this one, to be. It has to be like the real game, right? I unlock the real game. How do you know we're not gonna? You're all now cursed for having listened to this cursed podcast. We've we've spread a cursed pod. This is the cursed. Well, podcast. no. Here's the thing: is Hideo's gonna sense? He's not gonna hear about it. He's gonna sense that we figured it out. Yes. He's gonna. Elsa he's pregnant sen- cursed podcast. He is sensing it right now. Yep. He's like shit. They know. Yeah. So. We better wrap this up real quick before we both die. Yeah. Bye. Wait, wait. What? I have to...
Thank you so much to our supporters on Patreon for oh. supporting our podcast. Oh, we gotta get out of here, man. I know. Um, if you want to support us on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash geekremix. We're actually, I think we're like 75% of the way to our next goal, which is the game roast videos. <coughs> yeah. So if you want to help support our podcasts and videos and get game roasts out of us, you can go support us there. Um we're also working with Tad again, so I know a lot of people had trouble with the app, but if you wanted to use it again, we get the Taz for that. Uh, if you want to keep in touch with us in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at GeekRemixalot. My Instagram is basically just punk outfits and cosplay at this point. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say? Nope. Follow me on GeekRemix on all the places. My, my battery is low and it's making me nervous. All right. We got to go. Okay. Bye. 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 We're cursed. Bye.